Hi, welcome to the Charlotte Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message and that it both encourages and inspires you. Let's make some noise for Jesus. Lord, we worship You. We give You all the glory, all the praise. Come on, church, we can do better than that. We praise You, Lord. We give You all the glory, all the praise. Because it's all about Him. Now, first up, before I say anything, I would love to say thank you to our leaders, to our pastors. Phil and Krista, thank you for this opportunity, for the trust that you have giving me a microphone for more than two minutes. Um, it's a lot of trust. Um, thank you for your, yeah, for your belief in me and for seeing potential in me that sometimes I don't even see myself. Um, for you that may not know me, if this is your first time here at Shiloh, my name is Igor. I have many nicknames, one of those being the face of Shiloh. Uh, I may have been the person that gave me that nickname, but that's beside the point. Um, but in all seriousness, I've been here for over 12 years now, and when I look back in my life and when I look at so many moments where God has blessed me, has, I've seen so many touches of God, so many experiences that are so precious to me. When I look back at that, a lot of those moments happened within these four walls. Um, so I don't take this opportunity lightly. Uh, one such moment would have been in the 2011 floods where, as many of you may know, a lot of people were impacted, a lot of people lost everything. And Queenslanders being Queenslanders and church being the church, we got together, we banded together, we helped so many people in our community. And it was on one such night after volunteering that I remember sitting on the stage, actually lying on the stage, no one was here, everyone was doing their own thing, and sitting having my own personal experience with God, worshipping Him, singing songs to Him, praying to Him, and just having a real experience, a real touch of God. And, and so I know how much this means to me. I want you to know how much this means to me as well. I do not take this opportunity for granted. And maybe it's because of that very reason that I believe that God can do something this morning when I speak, you know? Not because of me, not because I'm speaking, but because it's his word, because he does speak, because he's done it for me. Timothy 3, 16, 17 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for correction, for training, for righteousness, that the man of God or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. So basically, if I just read this, if I just carry the message that God has given me, I believe that he can speak to you today because I'm, if you know the Shrek verse in the Bible where God makes a donkey talk and he delivers his message through a donkey, I believe he can do it through me. You know, the, the bar's pretty low. So I have a little bit of confidence this morning that God can bless you. And so let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God that speaks, that the first thing you did in the beginning of time was speak, and that as we look through all of creation and all of time and history, that is the one thing that you have not stopped doing, that you speak, Lord, and we believe that you can speak now. May I move out of the way, and may your words speak in Jesus' name. 
Amen. Amen. So when Pastor Phil asked me if I wanted to speak today, I was over the moon, as you just saw through a little bit of context in my story, how much I, I value this moment. But at the same time, I was a little overwhelmed. I felt the weight of conveying what God had to say for us today. And I started thinking about things. I started thinking about what the Bible says. I had all manner of thoughts going through my mind because this wasn't like a youth meeting, you know? You can't just light things on fire and call it a day. Um, <laughs> if you've been at youth, you'll know what I'm talking about. We've gone through a few fire extinguishers. It is a story for another day. Um, if you're a parent, don't worry. Um, it's okay. <laughs> it might have been me. I might have lit things on fire. Anyway, um, moving on. So the one thing that stayed on my heart as I was thinking about what to say today, what God wanted to say today, was the principles in life. What are the things that don't change, the unchanging truths that we find in the Bible? Because there are principles like that in the Bible, just like there is gravity. You know, that is a that is a principle of life, whether you're six, 16 or 62. If you jump out, of a power, jump out of a plane, you better hope you have a parachute unless you want to do it one time only. But um, yes, so there are principles in the Bible that speak to this, that are unchanging, that remain the same throughout time and history, whether it was in the medieval ages, in the dark ages of N no NBN and having dial-up internet, that is still true then and it's still true now. And so I found the concept of purpose, of what is, what is it that we're called to do because knowing our why, knowing our reason is so important. You know, it's not just enough to not do bad things. I wouldn't say that's even the purpose of believers. It's not enough to just not sin. While we shouldn't do that, it's not enough. And let me illustrate to you. If, imagine if the whole point of driving was to not hit other cars. <laughs> That'd be great. That's very safe. And a lot of people don't follow that rule. But um, if that was the sole purpose of it, the car could stay in the garage. We'd get nowhere or we'd drive in circles. It doesn't give us direction, it doesn't give us meaning. And that is, the, that is so important. And so I thought, okay, what is the purpose for us as believers? Um, and you're probably thinking, oh wow, Igor's gonna answer the, the question of the meaning of life. Good on him. No, no, it's way above my pay grade, <laughs> don't worry. Way above my pay grade. So I let some of the best thinkers and theologians sort this one out. And here's what they said. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. The chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. As Jake was saying, delight in Him. And so when I read this, I was reminded of that verse, that scripture in Mark 12, 29, verses 29 to 31. Uh, if you have a Bible, you can flick there. If you don't, just go to a Christian near you um, and they'll have it. Um, I'm joking. I have got it here. I'll read it for you. So it says this. Um, where someone, someone asked Jesus the important commandment, what was the most important commandment? Jesus answered and he said this. The most important is, hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love your God with all your heart, 
all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. There is no greater commandment than these. This is what Jesus said. And if it's good for Jesus, it's good for me. Um, So, this is what we're called to do. It's all over the Bible. Ephesians 4.1, it says to basically live our lives in service to God. Presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, Romans 12. Basically, that with all that's in us, to glorify God, to love Him. And so today, I just want to talk about three simple points that break this down. First one is head, because it's, it's about worshipping God with all our heart, all our mind, all our strength. So with our head, our hearts, and our hands. So head, and the question for this first point is, what are you looking at? What are you thinking about? What's in your head? You see, it's important to think where you're looking because that determines what you think. That determines the decisions you make. That determines where you're going even, I would say. Proverbs 4, 25 to 27, verse 24 to 27 says this, let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead, Carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Don't turn to the right or the left. Keep your feet away from evil. It's so interesting there how before the writer talks about the feet and where they're going, he talks about the head. He talks about where you're looking. So where are you looking? You see, it's so important. You know, a few years ago now, My work paid for me to do a defensive driving test. I don't know if they were just trying to drop some hints. I don't know what they were trying to say. Um, But basically, they they, they said, yeah, you need to to drive better. Um, So I did this this test, this defensive driving course, and um, one of the things that they said there was, you don't look at the things you don't want to crash into. You look at where you need to go. It's... It's the same with aiming an arrow. It's the same in Spanish, actually. Here's a fun fact. In Spanish, the same word to look is the same word to aim, which is mira. And, and where you aim, where you look, determines where you're going. You know, I'm reminded of this as well because a few years ago, a deer hit me, all right? I didn't hit the deer. The deer hit me, all right? I don't, I don't care what you've, you've heard. I don't care who you've talked to, you can ask the deer, the deer hit me, Um, if it's still breathing. Um, So, I was picking someone up from the airport and as we were driving back, I saw this deer sitting on the side of the highway, I was in the right lane, the deer was kind of in between the two lanes there, doing its own thing and I saw this deer, I looked to my left, I looked to my right, the exact opposite of what Proverbs says, but I looked... I checked behind me. I couldn't go anywhere. There was a car to my left. There was a car behind me as well, so I couldn't slam the brakes. So I slowed down as safely as I could, from probably from 100 down to 80, but I didn't have a lot of time. And as I'm driving down, I see this deer and I just think, if this deer hits me, if this deer hits me, um, I'm just going to have to hold the car steady. I can't hit the cars behind me. I can't endanger everyone else. So... 
I didn't look at the deer. I, I kept my eyes straight on the road. And the deer obviously looked at me because it hit me. Uh, You see, I gripped the steering wheel of my little 97 Barina and I just kept driving, focused on the road and just believed in the safest possible outcome. And it's the same with how we live our lives. It's not where we... We don't look at the things that we don't want to crash into. We don't drive looking at the side of the road. We look forward where we're going. So what are you looking at? What are you looking at? You know... Exodus 3, verses 2 to 4, talks about Moses. So Moses, you may know him as, you know, the guy that did a few tricks. And um, basically, his career highlights included things like making a sea open, um, turning a whole river from water to blood. That's a bit of a dark trick, but um, he summoned locusts. He also saw God do incredible things in the middle of the desert, bring water and have pillars of flames at night to keep them warm, literally drop food from heaven. All right. These are some of the many things that he saw God do in his lifetime. But here's where it starts. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him, him being Moses, in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And what did Moses do? He looked, and behold, the bush was burning, yet not consumed. But Moses didn't just look, he focused, because in the next verse it says this, and Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight. Why the bush is not burned? When the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to see, God called out to him from the bush and said, Moses, Moses, And Moses said, here I am. Here I am. Moses deliberately stopped what he was doing. He didn't just glance. He looked. He changed his path. And then God used him to change the course of a nation. It all started with a decision to look. It all started with the decision. He said it himself. I will turn aside and see. Before God even spoke to him, sometimes we need to hear from God. Sometimes we need clarity in our lives. Sometimes we need direction, especially in this uh, post-pandemic crazy world where things are changing, societal norms are changing every day, where there's a new technological revolution every five minutes, apparently, you know. Um, we used to use Facebook, now we're not. I'm still on Facebook. Um, some of you guys are like, what's Facebook? It's okay. Um, and what, what do we do? We look. That's how we hear. That comes first. There, there are other points that I'm about to go through, but before all that, what are we looking at? Because that determines everything else. That goes first. If I'm not looking, then I'll miss it, you know? And God's mission, God's vision is greater than one person, I believe. But I don't want to miss out. I don't want you guys to miss out either. So what are you looking at? Because I believe loving God with all our mind requires focusing on Him. Second one, heart. Heart. Love the Lord with all your heart. 
What has God placed in your heart? What are those passions and dreams He's given you? Some of you might think, oh, well, I'm not too sure. Here's another follow-up question that might help. What keeps you up at night? What are the injustices of this world that make you angry, that you wish you could change? They might reveal some of your passions. In Nehemiah chapter 2, it says this. The king sees Nehemiah and he says, Why is your face sad, seeing that you are not sick? This is nothing but sadness of the heart. And Nehemiah then said, Then I was afraid. I said to the king, Let the king live forever. Why should my face, why should not my face be sad? When the city, the place of my father's graves, lies in ruins and the gates have been destroyed by fire. You see, a little bit of context here. Nehemiah chapter one is when Nehemiah hears about his city of Jerusalem being destroyed, its walls being torn down, and the state that it's in being in rubble and ruins. And this keeps him up at night. He prays, he fasts, not for two days, not for five minutes, but for four months. And so between then, chapter one and chapter two, this has been on Nehemiah's heart for a long time. And the king sees him and he asks. And so my question for you is this, what has God put on your heart? What are the passions, what are the things that keep you up at night because it's okay to use that for God. I believe that's part of serving God. You know, some of the greatest acts of love that I've seen haven't come from a stage, haven't actually come from a message being preached, but through the people, sometimes outside of these four walls, through the congregation, through our talking and our, our fellowship. You know, so what has God put on your heart? Sometimes we get into this false dilemma that we have to pursue our career or our dreams or we have to pursue God. But that's not the case. What if I told you you could do both? Por que no los dos? Is if you may know uh, the old um, old El Paso ad where they have the soft shell tortillas and then they have the hard shell ones. And the little girl says, why not both? Por que no los dos? Um, so <laughs> why not both? Why not both? Um, that might be for someone here today. Maybe as you're making decisions or maybe as you are moving into a new season, I feel like God is saying, you can do both. You can pursue God. If you keep your focus on Him, if we're looking at Him like we just said, I believe pursuing our heart, that what God has placed in our hearts can ultimately be used to glorify Him. Because there are workplaces, there are, there are stories that I've heard that it wasn't through a Sunday morning, but through talking, through conversation, through showing up when people are in need, through giving gifts to children that are in need in Christmas, you know, through what we have in our hearts, in those big goals, those big dreams. I believe some people are here are called for, for, I don't know, areas of government, or maybe it could be just how you show your love to your neighbour. But ultimately, what has God put on your heart? Because here's the good news. Nehemiah actually accomplished he actually accomplished the things that God put on his heart. It says that in chapter 6, the wall was rebuilt. The city was restored. 
It says that when he spoke out about his heart, the king was so moved that it's, the king was pleased to send him, is what it said. And, and this is crazy. You know, some of us think, oh, maybe if I call in sick to work and pursue God. No, you can do both. You can do both. If Nehemiah called in sick, he probably would have died because it's the king, but he didn't. The point is he didn't. He, he still kept doing what he was doing. He still pursued And I believe that's for someone here today, which is why I'm just going over it. You can do both. You see, I firmly believe that calling and purpose in life is not just to serve God out of obligation or basically offering the minimum required, the minimum amount of obedience required, but with all our heart, with everything that's in our hearts, wholeheartedly, even the deepest dreams and passions He's given us, and he can use them to represent Christ in our community. Yeah. And now my last point is this, is hands. Hands. Speaking of hands, Herbie, can I borrow your beautiful hands on the keys? <laughs> um, hands. What is within your reach? What is within your reach? First Corinthians says, says this in chapter 10, 31, verse 31. So whether you eat, or drink, or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. First Peter 4, verse 10 says this, Each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. What are the things that are within our reach? What are the things that we can do right here, right now, that we can touch right here, right now? Because sometimes it's not about the big things. Sometimes it's about the little things we disqualify and we say, oh, God can't use that, you know. Uh, Oh, that's insignificant. It doesn't matter. But I believe that everything, like it says, everything, whatever you do, even eat or drink. I don't, I've never thought about that before, to be honest. Even when I'm drinking and, and eating, that it's to glorify God. How does that work? But it's true. It's true, everything that we do, we live as a living sacrifice to God. This is our true worship. That's what the Bible says. And so, what are the things that we have control over right here, right now? Because even the greatest inventors, researchers, world changers, they didn't start with the things they wish they had. They started with what they had. It's really practical, it's really simple. You know, Steve Jobs didn't wait till he had a company to start creating. Bill Gates didn't, didn't wait till, he didn't even wait to finish uni, to be honest. He started in his basement, in his mum's basement, in his mum's garage and started working with what he had right then, right there. And if you think, that, if you think about it, how can these secular Non-Christian people change the world in such amazing ways and us who know God, who have God in us, who can represent God in our community, who can have the power of God on our side, the same God that split oceans in half, the same God that can move mountains. How can we not do the same? How can we not do the same? Because it's not just about showing love here on a Sunday morning, but it's about what we do on Monday. It's about what we do when we go out for lunch. 
how can we serve God with what we have in our reach right now? Someone here might be thinking, I don't have much to offer. I don't have much to bring. But you have something. You have something that's within your reach. You have something that you can touch, you can impact right now. And if you do it with love, if you do it to glorify God, I believe you can see things happen. You think about it. When thousands of people were hungry and this small boy brought two fish, five loaves of bread, Jesus didn't turn away and said, look, mate, this isn't enough. It's not going to do. Sorry, mate. This, this, this might help for me, but uh, yeah, look, I don't know what to do for everyone else. No, he took what he had. Jesus doesn't use what's enough. He doesn't need it to be enough. He just needs it to be what we have. And you know, and that's not just an offering message. That's not just for when we give money, but it's with everything that we have. You know, even when we eat, drink, maybe sharing that with someone else who needs it. Like Pastor Phil was saying, whatever we have, we bring. So what do we have? What is within our reach? I believe that serving God with all our strength, as it says, is not just about grand acts and gestures, but it's about using that even in the small. Loving Him with all our strength is even in the small things, even in the little things. And so... As much as I'd love to say that I'd love to go to some remote village in in the Amazon rainforest and preach God's Word and impact lives there, all of that is all well and good, but it's fruitless until it happens. What can I do here and now? What can I do here and now? How can I forward the Kingdom of God? How can I glorify God with everything that's in me? It says all the earth in that song that we were singing before, We'll glorify the Lord. We'll shout His praise. How can we do that here and now with the things that are within our reach, with how we love our neighbour, with how we talk to the people around us at work, with how we, we talk to the person serving us coffee in the morning? Because ultimately, this is our one true act of worship, as it says. How should we live each day as believers? It's loving God with all our hearts, all our minds, all our strength. That determines how we do everything else. That shapes everything else. And so before we leave today, I want to pray for a few people. But first things first, I would love to pray for you. If you're, you're hearing about this God and you're hearing me talk about glorifying God and you don't know this God, I want to give you the opportunity to know Him. It's one thing to hear of someone, but it's another thing to know them. You know, we all heard about Pastor Phil when he was coming up and we heard great things, but then we actually met him and we know it's even better. Hopefully, I see, I see some nods, Yes. It's been a blessing. It's been an absolute blessing to actually know Him. It's different. When we saw Him on a screen, it was one thing, but actually knowing Him, it's been a different thing. And it's the same with God. You can hear someone, you can know of them, 
but to truly know them. And I'd love to give you that opportunity today. So if you think that's me, I don't know this God that you're talking about. I would love to know Him. Then I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to put you on the spot. I'm not going to shine a light on you. We're all just going to bow our heads and just to take the attention off you because it's all about God really and this opportunity just to respect this moment. If this is you, all you have to do is raise your hand so I can pray with you. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to give you the microphone. Don't worry. But then once you raise your hand, we're going to pray together and we'll all pray in one voice so then again, you're not singled out. But if that's you, just right now, over these next few seconds, if you want to raise your hand and you think that's me, now's your moment. Now's your moment. I would love to know Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. If there's anyone else, thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Let's pray. Let's pray together. And church, let's repeat after me. Let's pray together as a family. Come on. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. Father God, thank you for sending your Son. We believe that he died for our sins. I believe that he set me free, that he rose again, and that I now have access to eternal life, not because of anything that I've done, but because of what you've done. We thank you, Lord. Forgive us, we pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining our podcast. We hope you were blessed by today's message. You can connect with us at shilohchurch.com.au.